We are live now. How's it going? Live. We're uh, live with Faz Radio. We are here today with uh, Golden Hawk and Titan. Uh, we we're actually planning to do things a little bit different, but I got I got my my clock messed up today. Uh, we were going to have Timbo Slice on at the same time as Golden Hawk, but then I told, uh, but then I got confused about uh, uh, time zones. So there's a, a Timbo Slice uh, Faz Radio from earlier today that you can listen to. The links will be below when I get around <laughs> to it. Um, so we're going to talk about FTX. We had an FTX. Oh, by the way, is anybody checking the sound? There's a, a Timbo. Yeah, I'm sounds trying good. to load it up right now. Yeah. Well, I know I'm I'm I can be heard on there, but hopefully other people can be heard. Maybe uh, some people in <laughs> chat can tell us. Anyway, the other one, the other one, the other night, we're we're going along, we... we're having a great time, and somebody finally says, "I can't hear anything Faz is saying." Yes, we're we're like fifteen <laughs> minutes into the show, and apparently nobody could hear what I was saying the entire time. So now I'm really like wigged out about sound. Um, however, since we're back on OBS now, if you notice, if you look on YouTube, you see those little sound bars. Yeah, they're not there just because, just because they're there because it's a way for me to tell if the microphones are actually broadcasting my voice and Titan's voice and so on. Cool. Little technical. I think thing. we're live. Sound check is in okay. and, uh, I think we're all ready to go. Okay, so this show is about uh, FTX, uh, the FTX debacle, and I really wanted to have Golden Hawk on for for this kind of thing because this guy does a lot of research, like much more than me, and I certainly have some opinions on FTX just with the stuff that I've read, but I know that he's probably done a lot more research, and uh, Titan got to talk for the entire last show, which unfortunately it got deleted because that's just are the breaks. But it sounded ah. terrible. It was just Titan talking. He was responding to nobody. There were big, like, big pregnant pauses for like five minutes. So <laughs> that's just the break. So hi, it Golden happens Hawk. once in a while. Hello, guys. Happy to be here. We have we have tried to coordinate schedules with Golden Hawk for a long time. Um, he is a fantastic community member at cfa and contributes on gala server uh well, then you regularly should, as well you should probably give him something for that really you think i think so i think he should he should get an award or something i i think that is 100 percent accurate a thousand percent accurate uh so today at the end of the show we'll coordinate afterwards um welcome to the dean's list uh, oh, awesome. Golden I have seen that before. Yes, there's like Man. three people on Faz on Crypto Faz Academy that's on the Dean's list. It's because they did they did research or they wound up of uh, you know really providing a lot of good information. Yeah, so um those who go above and beyond for the community, uh we award that. I know people thought we forgot about it, but it's been pretty quiet um over the last few months with with people getting upset about the crypto winner and throughout the whole thing uh golden hawk you were you were positive you were proactive you were contributing you were answering questions and we have not forgotten about that i always say i'm always watching 
So uh, we'll coordinate afterwards. We'll get you your NFT and, and your role and take it to the next level, man. Awesome. I'm, I'm honored. Thank you. So that means you get access to the pool, the private jet, and uh, the stadium. <laughs> Anytime you want to play a game is in the stadium. <laughs> just go to the stadium, that, uh, let yourself great. in. If if you can't let yourself in, just break a window and let yourself in that way. We'll 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 take care of any of the damage. Sounds amazing. So so look, so uh Golden Hawk is uh the hawk part of it <clears throat> is absolutely a hundred percent accurate. I don't know if he's actually gold. I think he's a Seahawks um, fan, but <clears throat> maybe. Well, yeah, the, the helmet thing, but um even even I walk on eggshells on occasion to watch what I'm saying when when the hawk is watching, because he he's corrected me a few times even with uh, some little verbiage slippage and some mis misconstrued um, thoughts and opinions. So with this whole FTX thing, uh, I read a bunch about it and stuff is breaking constantly. I know tonight. Uh, it was put out, um, SBF went ahead and said that after saying yesterday, hey, don't worry about FTX US. <clears throat> oh, by the way, we've included FTX US in the, in the bankruptcy. So Golden Hawk, uh, tell us, what are, what are your thoughts so far on, on what's unfolding with FTX? Yeah, it's... Um... It's pretty mind-blowing. I, I think um, this was something definitely that was not on my radar. Um, it's it's obviously, I, I think, though, it's really eye-opening that it's a big concern for everything, that if something like this can happen to uh, FTX, that, you know, they, you know, running this, um, stealing money from people and using it for their own gambling habits that you know you could see something like this could happen happen to anything in crypto basically well they they were a court and again i don't i don't have verified sources on this and i don't even know where it's tracked but uh at least from what i i saw in several different places they're saying like ftx was like the number three worldwide as far as uh size right right and yeah and and as this is coming out too, this BlockFi BlockFi suspends rewards. Well, again, unconfirmed, but coming out, it's it it appears that BlockFi uh, rehypothecated those assets, the the client user assets of BlockFi. It's alleged are being were were held at FTX. Say it isn't so. <laughs> Well, yeah. So again, I, I don't know. This is alleged so far, but these are the, the things that people are pulling documents on. You know, so it goes way deeper, I guess. And with Golden Hawk, he, he ferrets out like all the the fiction from the truth, right? And so opinions are one thing, facts are another. Is this something that <laughs> that, that you've that seen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he and I, you know, he likes facts. I like opinions, and that's why we clash so much. Okay. Um. So, with with what you've seen, do you think that 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 a lot more of the 
things like, hey, maybe BlockFi has their client assets stored at FTX and now they're screwed. Is this something you've bumped into with other projects or, or other uh, places that you've looked into? So I, I think the, uh, the best analogy to this is Lehman Brothers in 2008 is when this they, they sort of went, uh, had a bank run sort of out of the blue very similarly. And there were many other financial firms that had done lots of business with Lehman Brothers. And all of a sudden their their accounts were frozen and it called in question whether the, some of those other companies could do business uh, because of it. And so I think, yeah, I think there's potentially a lot of shoes to be dropped on this FTX thing where you mentioned the BlockFi thing, but there, who knows how many of the other hedge funds or other crypto entities had assets at FTX that now those assets are frozen and they can't do business. And if they can't get those assets out soon, they also might be out of business. I, I think there's that that's, I mean, that's the first most obvious thing to me. And the second thing that also is for sure coming is that we know the SEC is looking at this. The SEC has put out messages saying we, we're going to investigate and look at this, and there's probably going to be some draconian uh, regulations coming up because of FTX. But FTX was not in the United States. Also, as, as uh, Titan said, is if FTX.us has declared bankruptcy also, so it's in the United States also. Yeah, that that tweet that he had put out yesterday, <clears throat> that big long thread, he had said, you know, oh hey, <clears throat> this is one hundred percent, you know, FTX International's fault. You know, nothing else has affected just the international. Well, we find out today, this is this is maybe not the case. And well, certainly oh, not so the case. Big. Aren't they bigger than Enron even, or weren't they? There bigger? was there was a hundred and thirty six companies associated with FTX that were on that bankruptcy filing. So they had sub-entities of 136 different companies worldwide. So I, I think, Golden Hawk, you said something really important. I don't want to gloss over it. You're really good with with marrying those those things that you find with some fantastic opinions as well. So when you say... Um, that, <clears throat> that, you know, we, we see BlockFi, um, maybe having their assets mixed in with this, the ethics on that, cause I know you're real big on the ethics portion of it as well. Should these other companies, whoever they might be, um, should they be disclosing that they've had assets at FTX during this? Or do you think they should just keep quiet to see how things shake out? You know, that, that's something I haven't thought about. Um, I think for sure, in general, most of these companies probably are going to be quiet until they figure out how things are going to shake out. Because, you know, as you said, things are changing by the hour. And, you know, we don't know how things are going to go. Um, this is going to take months and years actually to find out where all this stuff is because FTX had their fingers in a lot of different pots. 
they they made no bones about saying that they were rescuing some crypto firms and you know well i have a, i have a feeling that there's a lot of stuff you're going to find people completely unrelated to crypto even uh starting to fall because of it yeah i, I think no doubt you're going to see a lot of stuff fall and I, you know i would say as i one thing that's popped in my mind and i i haven't done a lot of research and searches on this but i'm wondering if they were actually rescuing companies like voyager is the one that comes to mind is they knew there was some sort of hole in their uh, balance sheet they were hoping that if they had acquired more assets maybe there was a lower chance of a bank run the more customers they had i mean that's just a wild thing that popped in my head it might not be not be true at all but i did wonder trying to figure out why why were they acquiring these companies just as a, a couple months ago if these issues obviously i think probably obviously existed back then and why did they do it if they knew these things happened well you know i was i read a couple articles about ftx since our broadcast about it yesterday um and apparently they had a, a really real frat boy kind of situation where there's basically about what 10 or 15 people living in a in a penthouse all you know just kind of they've only been doing this for a couple of years so they were in essence a bunch of kids uh just just kind of playing around and making a lot of money and i have a feeling that uh <laughs> that things just kind of got out of hand with them i i, I have a i don't get the feeling that they were intentionally uh trying to be uh do a bunch of illegal things i think that they just didn't know and didn't care <laughs> you know yeah, well it, mean, go ahead yeah i mean oh no it it could be but there's there's a lot i think that's going to come out on this there's already uh people posting screenshots of emails and ties to Gary Gensler. I don't know how accurate any of this stuff is. And, well, and they were, I can't they were negotiating. wait until it comes out. They, they were negotiating with the SEC uh, for, you know, the crypto world. I, it seems to me that that was pretty benign stuff, personally. They were, they were testifying in front of Congress. They were saying all the right things, which was, you know, uh, transparency and accountability and all that stuff. Uh, in retrospect, I'm not sure if they even knew what they were saying, or maybe they figured that they were doing it. I don't know. It it again. It doesn't seem to me that they were like Bernie Madoff with a master plan. It was more like Sam Bankman-Fried with a just winging it kind of thing. And if if you were to if you were able to to make as risky bets that they did with as much money as they did. I'm just trying to think of a coin. Maybe a coin's not doing too well, and you have, I don't know, a billion dollars, and you decide to put like $500 million into a coin. That coin's going to go up. <laughs> and and people are going to look at that and be like, holy shit. And then they're going to put money into it. So then, of course, you could take that, cash in your stuff slowly, put that into another coin, another $500 million, and just rinse and repeat. When you have a lot of money, you can... You certainly have the ability to manipulate a lot of stuff like that. I think they were doing that and, and and like laughing all the way to the bank. Oh my God, look what we can do! It's not wrong, but it's not right. Yeah, I think the uh, one of the big things here is I don't think we've seen, or at least I haven't seen, 
did they spend the money on? Like, you know, it, they said they siphoned off cu customer funds from FTX, sent it to Alameda. Uh, I think the big question is, what did Alameda use that money to bet on? So it could be what, you know, what Faz said, or, you know, it could have been they put it all in Luna and lost it all. I, I guess that's the big thing that I'm wondering about. Well, I I think maybe they didn't un, uh, again. Getting back to uh, maybe I'm I'm making excuses for them, but I feel like maybe they didn't exactly know how much money they had. It's like, oh my God, we can we could go bail out Luma Luna if we wanted to, but it sounds like their their bailouts actually were were very intended to cover their own ass. So they they probably knew somebody knew what they were doing. Yeah, that that was part of what we talked about last night. So the the lesson here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, is you got to catch these shows live because if it goes sideways at some point, they probably won't stay. Online. Then, then Faz will just delete it because we had long pregnant pauses of like five minutes in the middle of yeah. We, it, it was yeah. only like fifteen minutes. Come on, man. Well, but what I was saying yesterday, what was what was kind of coming out was there in that thread that SBF uh, put out, it was a lot of, oh, well, you know, we, of course we're going to hedge our bets and of course we're going to invest in other things to keep the company going. And, you know, somehow the, the, uh, the, the portfolio and the account that I used to move that money to other places wasn't labeled as customer money. <laughs> Okay, so I didn't know it was. Though. Yeah. So, I mean, it. I read that thing and I'm like, this guy is like searching for any out he can get at this point. And today, a lot of that talk was along those lines saying. This this doesn't smell right. There's there's just too many, too many things here that he's trying to point the finger somewhere else, but at the same time saying, Hey, it's all my fault. And, and it just seems very disingenuous of, of him to, to kind of go that route. Dead air, man. What's going on? Yeah. Well, okay. I, I'll say, so, you know, it, it it's, it's, Pretty mind-boggling. I mean, all the all the puff piece articles we've seen on Sam Bankman-Fried is that you know he's a he's a big donor. He wants to donate all his money. Um, I you know I wouldn't have thought he'd want to scam people. I I don't know if this was a scam or not. I mean, I, I, it's it's really hard to figure out what happened here. I mean, it does sound like he he does his number one priority though is. Um, to get the uh, holders of FTX their money back, that it, even if it costs him all his money, which sounds like it's going to. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, it sounds like all of his money was probably tied up in other things. So his money might. I mean, there's. I, I've said this before. If you have money in the stock market or money in crypto, you actually don't have that money. I mean, if he had thirty billion dollars in other cryptos and stocks and stuff, it's not real. Um, he has the ability to come up with it, but as the market goes down, so does your money. So it happens to be that he's losing, he's lost his money now at the bottom of the market. Um, 
whoever gets it, if it's the government that gets it and stuff like that, if the government just holds on to that when the market goes back up, they're going to be doing pretty well. If they keep the actual assets, if they manage to seize the Bitcoin itself. So with, with that being said, I have one more question about this FTX thing. Could it be <clears throat> that, that let's assume for a moment that this is an accident. It truly is an accident, right? It Things dominoed and it just failed. Does that, with, with them being as big as they were and being the number three um, exchange out there, is crypto that fragile? Well, it's new. It's, yeah, it's still it, starting out. Is it that fragile that it can go from $60 billion to zero in three days? It's not is fragile. It's, fragile it's speculative. Is? It's speculative. What? Okay, when, when the market goes down as much as it did, you get to find out who's really interested in crypto. And whatever we're at right now, Bitcoin's at 16,000. That's probably, people like to call it diamond hands. Uh, so those people are diamond hands. Those are people that actually want the Bitcoin. Um, I think that when when you get up to where Bitcoin is at like sixty thousand, uh, and and all the other coins are way up, they they obviously have the coin for speculative reasons. There's there's a reason why they say uh, bear markets shake out. You know all the paper hands. Well, now we see who's still left. And after FTX finally implodes completely, then we'll whoever's left is still in the market. Um, when, when you compare it to the last time that the crypto went down, Bitcoin was down to like 3,600 or something, 3,500. So it has gone up quite a lot since then. And if you look at the performance with the stock market, it's still done better than the stock market. So what's really fragile then? You're, you're, you're just, I think you're just noticing that it's a much more choppier market. Well, I I mean, like, for example, right, we've had these implosions and Golden Hawk had mentioned Lehman Brothers that took like a month to like spiral into death. Luna went down over like 10 days. <clears throat> but this was like, wham, instant. And there was there was obviously there's collateral damage. I, I just I was flipping through some tweets earlier and people are posting screenshots of crypto.com starting to limit withdrawals. Maybe they had uh, assets over at FTX, which is why I was kind of asking that question a little bit earlier. You know, should these should these companies get the the word out early, or 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 should they be quiet to not hurt investors? Is is the risk of uh, maybe being able to squeak out of it more than the ethics of telling people straight up, "Hey, we we got most of your money over here, and and it's at risk." It's it's got this is such a tough a tough set of decisions that has to be made. So I'll I'll put in um, here that I do think the crypto markets are very fragile. Um, you know, FTX, you know, if it was the number three exchange, like. Aren't that that many big exchanges, and you do something like that, it erodes erodes the trust in the whole ecosystem. But and even beyond that, like the last thing we've been talking, I mean, what we've been talking about for the last two years is the SEC, and 
government regulatory scrutiny, and that's the last thing we want. And this for sure you know, intensifies that maybe five fold. Um, so when in going back to Lehman Brothers, I mentioned that that was a big domino that upped a lot of things over. But Lehman Brothers was you know maybe one of fifty large financial institutions. You know, there's all sorts of hedge funds and investment banks and commercial banks in the world. But in the crypto world, like, aren't 50 different institutions like that. Like, you could probably count on five or 10 fingers the number of institutions like that. This is, I mean, this is much, much bigger than Brothers. Crypto is much more fragile. Confidence is definitely shaken for the average person. So I, I would say in general, this is a big setback. So I put out a tweet thread on Wednesday and I, I had uh, a little bit of word vomit there and as tight or as uh, Faz likes to say, it's Uncle Titan's uh, rant. So is is this the opportunity that we've needed? Because I've I've bitched on Faz Radio for a long time that, you know, decentralized really isn't decentralized. It's a bunch of centralized entities promising decentralization. Is this maybe the cue that we need to bring uh, those devs out of the woodwork to start building decentralized things? Because we've seen all these centralized entities, these huge centralized entities just completely destroying everything in crypto. I mean, is is this a cue? Should we should we be pushing for that harder now? Oh, you wanted me to answer that one? I I, I, well, I was you... gonna, I was going to let you answer. Fast. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no I you know, I say go ahead. I um, I don't have a strong opinion on this. Maybe. Oh, I do. Okay. I do. Well, yeah. How this, about you? This... You start us out. Well, I, <clears throat> I think it's our fault, and that's how I started my my thread. Is it's our fault because, as as people who engage in this ecosystem, we've quote allowed um, these centralized entities to build everything for us, and then we we kind of had to weasel our way through them, maybe not with them, but through them to at least acquire a lot of what we've got. And people, most people that, that get in there, as you can see, that are getting wrecked, leave their stuff on exchanges and, and these horrible things happen. People who have kind of stayed off of that centralized exchange or centralized uh, ecosystem and just bought and pulled their stuff off, put it into cold storage. Yeah, their portfolio looks like total dog shit, but they're not getting their stuff just taken away from them and wiped out. I think this is the time where it shows how important true decentralization is. And I'm really hoping that this is a wake-up call for all those people that have been, you know, totally fucking around for a long time. Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll build those decentralized, <laughs> funny as it sounds, those decentralized walled gardens so that 
things like this FTX mess, the BlockFi, all that stuff can be can be totally avoided in the future. I think that um oh I, I think it's there's not gonna be a choice. Like the SEC is gonna come in and put in all sorts of regulations because of FTX. I mean it was already not because of just FTX. They were already were looking to do that. Um but just all these regulations are gonna mean that uh the centralized stuff I mean, it's not going to also protect decentralized stuff, I guess, is the, the point. Like, well, Uniswap is decentralized. They're headquartered, actually, in New York. They're going to have to face U.S. government regulations. Well, the, the, the problem... Okay, so here's the problem with... People keep beating, uh, beating each other over the head with this word, decentralization. Or rather, they, they keep hitting that drum. This needs to be decentralized, and so on. I remember when the internet first became more popular this is 1993 94 and it was i was told about this great packet switching network which was which was which was very fault tolerant you 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 didn't have to have a straight line to other computers you know if, if you had these computers connected they could just go to whatever computers were were available and the internet is and it's called the internet it's very fault tolerant and uh it's gonna and it's gonna catch on and this is this is why and uh, so the internet started catching on. Good. But then what happened were trunks developed. And of course, trunks are, are very centralized, you know, super highways. You know, the, I believe the first trunk I heard about was AT&T's trunk. And if your stuff went over AT&T's trunk, you get a lot faster internet. And uh, everybody else came out with their trunks. And then and then eventually now, now trunks are pretty ubiquitous. I don't know who owns what anymore or even how that's set up anymore. But the point is things started centralizing towards certain companies kind of controlling the internet when the internet was designed literally as ARPANET by the U.S. government to not be able to be controlled. And so now I see crypto doing the same exact thing where it's like, hey, you know, you can have all these computers connected to each other. See my computer, I can access my wallet, which is which is over on this computer, um, or or on the computer network, you know, uh, serviced by miners and and serviced by nodes and stuff like that. And what you will start finding, if not already, is cryptos or systems being very very specific about where messages go and how things are routed, and then you're back to centralization again why because centralization is focus um there's this book that that i've read many many years ago it had to do with programming it was called the cathedral and the bazaar the bazaar is in a, a marketplace in the middle east the bazaar has anything and everything in it and you can you can find whatever you want there and the cathedral that's a place where people focus they 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 they, they do one thing you you finally polish some things and so you can write some software some really good software that's done like a cathedral. Or you can have software that could do damn near anything, and it's kind of the bizarre, but it's less focused. And I see cryptos doing this too. Some cryptos are very focused, and some are are just all over the place. And people are going to jump in, and you're going you're gonna to have to choose which one you like. It turns out cathedrals tend to do better than bazaars. Bazaars seem, in my opinion, to be... Uh, a good way to evolve cathedrals to, to doing other things. 
but it's it's the cathedrals are where you really highly refine a technology. It also happens to be how you control people. <laughs> and so, you know, the whole point of, of crypto was to be a bizarre. It was there is nobody that can control things. And now it's it's to the point where you have certain players that that are controlling things. And so, yeah, when it turns out that companies like FTX might have had outsized power, maybe they have outsized power over Bitcoin. Ooh, that's a that's a pretty deep thought. <clears throat> I mean, if they had if if they had like two two hundred thousand Bitcoin or three, I mean, right now I see all these companies like Michael Saylor buying Bitcoin all the time. I see all these companies trying to acquire as much Bitcoin as they can. Why? Because they want to corner the market. Uh, eventually, they will, because eventually all the poor people are going to sell their Bitcoin to somebody richer. That somebody richer has the time and the and the and the the energy and the money to sit there and wait everyone out. Eventually, all the Bitcoin will percolate up to all the rich people, and you know what they're going to do? They're going to rent it back out to you. Or, you know, the, the the wonders about blockchain is you can create a new coin based on Bitcoin, and you can call it Everybody Coin. And so, that was that was one of the the, the draws of Bitcoin is if something got too centrally controlled, bam, another coin comes up. Well, now the government's doing it. The government is starting to, they will pick winners and losers with uh, with crypto. If not Bitcoin, then something else. They can't control Bitcoin. So they're, 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 they, they don't exactly, it seems to me they don't know what to do with crypto right now, but they can start accumulating it and control it that way. In the meantime, then they could start picking winners and losers and saying, okay, we approve of this crypto and not that crypto. Any crypto that they approve of is going to go through the roof. Why? Because it's, you know, it's it's uh, the government. It's it's blessed by the United States government. Who wouldn't want to have it? This thing's a sure thing. So, yeah, people are going to try to control crypto just like they control the Internet right now. And you're going to see the Googles and the Yahoos and the, well, Yahoo's the beginning. But you're going to see Google and Facebook and, and, and Amazon all popping up with cryptos. And you're going to buy some company-sponsored crypto. I don't know, like, uh, what would what, what Facebook want? First, they had that DM crap. And then they had uh, Meta or something or other. I don't know. They, they wanted to go somewhere with crypto. And luckily, they were fought off. But that's a perfect example how a company is going to have a can, can control part of the crypto market by being the preferred coin. Wow. I have more. So, that, <laughs> but, no, 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 go ahead. Well, I mean, that was... <laughs> You talk about Uncle Titan stories. Holy mackerel, boy. You went well, you went there. So Well, you said, <clears throat> wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, Mr. Titan here typed in the window that he's going to go get himself something to drink, and I need to go talk. <laughs> so I do exactly what he wants, and now he comes back saying, it's story time with Uncle Faz. Let's just call it how it is, buddy. Go ahead. Was that the whole story time? I, I thought that predated it. Okay. That was story time. I have time. no idea what's going on anymore. No, so, so, so. I think we've kind of beat FTX for what we know for right now. Um, <clears throat> something more familiar to all of us and to most of the listeners is the state of blockchain gaming during crypto winter. Um, I know this has been a hot and heavy topic, both at CFA and some of the other discords that are out there. What do you guys think the effect of crypto winter has done to blockchain gaming helped it hurt it what, what do you think 
May I? So I I'll say, undoubtedly, it's heard it. Um, you know, people have less money, less uh, less interest in buying stuff. Um, I I think also what we've seen is so far there's no been there hasn't been a crypto game that's been had a successful economy. That's also hurt uh, crypto gaming. Um, I, you know, more specifically, we're talking about spider tanks, since you know uh, a lot of us focus on gala, and I think a lot of us hoped spider tanks about it earlier, it wasn't? It's out now. Uh, the now I think the response has been sort of tepid. I guess it's sort of there's a lot of you have to see what happens going forward. Um, you know, I'll leave it at there and see what you guys want to say in response to that. Now I forgot what I was going to say. Well, this is your <laughs> wheelhouse, Faz. This, okay, this... so let, I remember now. <laughs> okay, so same thing with, with the cryptos. Fine, you have, have a, a crypto that's going to... Um, you have a crypto that, that the rich people are buying up because they want to control the market. Same thing goes with gaming NFTs, okay? Uh, the... The bear market just means that all these gaming NFTs that were sold for a lot of money now are being sold for really cheap. Who do you think's buying the goddamn gaming NFTs, people? Come on. It's the same deal. The rich people. If I've told the story before, and I'm going to tell it again. Um, another story time. Don't go fast. Do not, do not use the word Star Wars action figures. Nope. That, that will not be used. <laughs> okay. So... When I was a kid, I remember I watched a cartoon, and I forgot what it is. Maybe Golden Hawk can, can research it, because this will be a challenge for him. Um, I watched a cartoon. It was some stupid—I uh, was homesick from school when I was in, like, sixth or seventh grade, which is a long time ago. And uh, there, there was a, it was a story about this town where, where this, this kid got, got this uh, genie, got this lamp with a genie in it. And so the first wish he had—I think he got one or two wishes. Maybe just one? I don't know. Anyway, I think it was two wishes. And the first wish was, I want all of the money in the world. And so what happens is all the money sweet, kind of blows in from everywhere in the world into this huge pile in front of him. And he looks through the pile, and it's like U.S. dollars, French dollars, you know, uh, Europe, all sorts of European dollars, African dollars. So he had all the money in the world. And so he's like, yeah, great. I have this money, and that's awesome. And uh, But then, uh, <clears throat> uh, what's that? He tried to buy something with this money and of course it came right back to him uh after he bought it and then uh like so that became a problem and then afterward afterward like the you know the, the town the, the the town he lived in like the mayor came and said hey look we need money to operate and uh, could you give us some money but he couldn't give him the money because he had wished all the money in the world and uh and so then what the the uh the, the town mayor decided he'd get pretty smart and he'd say you know what Forget that money. We don't need that money. Money's just paper anyway. I'm going to make a new dollar. And he drew a, a dollar on a piece of paper. And he says, this, the, this is what we're going to use from now on. And that money went into his pile. And so no, no matter what anybody did, uh, he got all the money. And I think he had to wish, wish for everything to go back the way it was before. The lesson here is that's what rich people do. If there is some sort of value uh, that is being transferred, rich people will acquire it in the end. Uh, I have a, a bit of a bias against rich people because apparently you can't get rich enough. 
I mean, if if you get a million dollars, two million dollars, you think that you just go and buy yourself a big house and live in it and for the rest of your life, you do fine. No, people, rich people then want to make money for other people and they want to make money on that and take a cut of that. And then, and then eventually you get people that are worth billions and billions and billions of dollars. And I don't even know how much Elon Musk is worth now, but I think if there's all the money in the world, he'd have most of it. And the, the lesson there is whatever coin comes out there, whatever happens, rich people will be after it. And people seem to think that they can have some sort of universal system that's completely fair, that everybody can just, you know, have things in a very decentralized and fair way. I'm sorry, that's not how the world runs. The, the world runs where, where the rich people pretty much decide how things go. And they spend a lot of their time accumulating money for power. The only lesson in that, I, that I was really saying is no matter what coins are out there or no matter what NF, gaming NFTs are out there, if, if things are cheaper, the rich people are going to swoop, swoop up and buy it. The good items, that are, that is. The, the crappy ones, they'll leave for you. Wow, that's oh. like really depressing. I know, Hold isn't it? it? Bring them up I, here. I, well, I, on, know, I honestly lost track of Faz's story. <laughs> I mean, so what I think me thinking about fighter tanks for example since that's the first gala game that we besides townstar obviously that we can actually earn money on what i was thinking about townstar today to me is the areas where i think where the game needs to be more fun so i think there's some areas where uh they could use a little more strategy that would broaden the game to a little more a bigger audience um, you know, if you could like sort of more like StarCraft where you like mine some energy and then put up, you can, for the first two minutes, you can mine energy and then put up weapons and then it's, it's an additional strategy choice. So anyway, what my point here is though, I don't think the, I think the games are going to rise or fall based on how fun they are, which I think everyone agrees on. And I think... Some of these games need to increase the fun factor to make them more a little more addictive. Oh my God! What does that mean, though? What What does fun factor mean? Oh, wait a minute. I want to. I want to say something about that addictive thing. Maybe Maybe I can bring people back down again. <laughs> the more addictive game you get, the more people that are going to want to buy it, and the more incentive you have for rich people to kind of collect all the good stuff in the game. Um, I like the idea about addictive games. The interesting thing about pay to earn that I, I I I think that a lot of people don't really want to pay that close attention to is it is the potential beginning of an entirely new world economy. And I say that because uh, it, it was a beginning of a world economy for, for movies to be out there. And games have, have really jumped up. But now that you can combine games with finance, which is the first that play to earn, pay play to earn is the is the first time i've really seen games really tied in with with finance uh i think that's going to go to the moon and there's going to be all sorts of ancillary services that 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 uh, support that i mean it's like if you build a stadium in a town the stadium isn't just there so people can watch baseball 
It's there because people want to serve you hot dogs at the baseball game, and they want to they want to drive you to the game, and they want to sell you T-shirts and gloves and, and little little uh, hammers that they can they can make make brave noises and 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 make up go up and down. I, I believe the Atlanta Braves still has the Indian, right? It's a tomahawk. Yeah, tomahawk. There we go. I th yeah, I think they still have that. So, yeah. so there's all sorts of foolish things that go along with with baseball that people love. They love the baseball hats. Baseball hats are so popular now that it's a it's a hat style. Jesus Christ! So games are going to have all sorts of ancillary services around them. Um, when I first got interested in NFTs, I realized that not only could it be used in one game, but it could be used in another. And I, I guess I shouldn't say those words that you don't want me to say, but but like those items that uh, that I'm not allowed to say, those are designed to be in multiple things. People can design toys around uh, your product, whatever your product might be. So people can people people can develop other games for for your NFTs to be in, especially if they want to ride on the coattails of, of the first game. It gives your, your NFT even that much more value. More people will want it. Win-win. It encourages people to make more games for those NFTs. I I I think I think the the NFT gaming has 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 a has a problem and that problem is is that it's based around nfts um, okay that, that yeah that i know baseball is a problem like because it has this little round ball <laughs> so so everything revolves around this little economic nugget called an nft and that's the problem <clears throat> because we've talked about it gaming companies have talked about it if it's about a game and it's about fun, the NFT should be second to the uh, to the to the game and the fun. I, I guess okay. So what I'm hearing then is you actually making a point by not making it and say and you're pretty much saying that look, buddy, people don't buy NFTs because games are fun. They buy NFTs because people make money. That's what I'm hearing you say. Subtext. Right. And 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 I, I think that is where the disconnect is. I think that's where the problems are. I think that's why this this space at this point, and especially in crypto winter, people are focused on their portfolio. And they're they're if they're gonna buy into this, they're gonna buy into the gaming aspect of it, especially the NFT gaming aspect of it, to make money. They're not here to have fun. Okay, wait. Now, do, you, do you think Hasbro is there to just have fun? Really? They're there to make no, money. Has, no, no. <clears throat> but they're not promoting, hey, come come buy the the wonderful things that, that we have here at Hasbro, and we're going to have fun doing it. Okay, let me give you a clue by four about Hasbro. So I... You, you might have known that I collected I've collected Magic the Gathering cards over the years. Okay, Magic the Gathering Gathering is made by a company called Wizards of the Coast, and a number of years ago, Wizards of the Coast was bought by Hasbro, and all of a sudden, you know, after a couple of years of Hasbro trying to figure out things, now you see a lot of cross branded 
cards, Magic the Gathering cards. And Hasbro has been making it very apparent that they want to make as much money as possible on these cards. And so they're raising the price of these cards and they're, and they're doing as much as they can to get all sorts of money. Great. That's what their stockholders want. That's what companies do. And so now they, a lot of people who are into Magic the Gathering are, are really starting to decry this whole commercialization. Because why the fuck do I want to pay, play Pac-Man on my fucking Magic the Gathering card game? You don't. They, they have Walking Dead cards. They have Street Fighter cards. They have this card. They have that card. They have every, every kind of card. It's like, where's my Magic cards? They've, they've in one sense, you could say that they've sold out. But in, from an investor sense... Well, no, that's right on. They're they're maximizing the the draw of these cards, so that's what companies do, and that's 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 what what rich people do is they maximize the value. They're they're focusing all those prices up. Could they make those cards cheaper? Yeah, they could, but apparently not. It must not be good for business. Golden Hawk, you got to help me out here, man. Well, I'm, I, you I'm know, trying to I, get I, him I, over. The point was even what. Uh, so we were talking about NFT gaming. Let's talked about uh, magic. Well, um, a Titan said something along the lines of, but gaming, you know, is, is, is cool. And I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, NFT, you know, I think he was, what, okay, right. What... We were talking about gaming being fun. Oh so... yeah. Gaming being fun. And <laughs> that was the original point. And okay. So, but there's a lot of degens in crypto right now. And those degens are pretty much kind of calling the shots about where things are. And so if you have a game at all in crypto, if you want to make any sort of money, you, you at least need to answer the DGEN's needs. And the DGEN's are saying, can I make money on this? And every crypto company is going to be like, mm, well, you're not, we're not supposed to tell you you can make money, but you might be making money. Uh, and, you know, they're kind of saying it under their breath. You, you know you're going to make money if you buy a gaming NFT because it's so early and so on. Yeah. Okay. So I guess this is. Yeah. I, now I get where we were. What we were talking about. So I think, but no doubt, for any crypto game to make money for anyone, the game has to be fun. Um, that's obviously a hard task. Like the game, it it, you know, there's thousands and thousands of non-crypto games that people make that are competing for market share, and many of them aren't fun. And there's only so many that people like, and there's only currently so many there's not very many at all crypto games that people are making and based on the ratio of non-crypto games that are fun there's not going to be a lot of crypto games that are fun and i guess just my observation is that like the game does need to be fun in order to make money for anyone that, i guess that was the point i was saying well there are a lot of games out there. See, this this is this is what kind of makes me wonder how this is going to suss out because there's a lot of games out there where they make the game and they they might not get their money back. And there's a lot of movies out there where the movies get put out but they never pay themselves off. So there's going to be bets sure. that that entrepreneurs have to make on games and that's still going to be the the case with with crypto games, even the ones that that pay you money. They they're going to sure. screw up their economy. You guys still there? I'm here. I, I did, you uh, stopped in the middle of your yourself? sentence. I said they're gonna. Well, yeah. I was. I, I don't know. It sounded like somebody was gonna gonna say something. Okay, uh, I, keep I was going. Just for sure, I was agreeing with you, Faz. Go okay. ahead. Okay, okay. They're they're gonna screw up their economy. So I I don't see a big difference between 
NFT games that pay you as far as level of fun and regular games, because there's a lot of losers out there in the regular games and in regular movies and so on. I think I think we're going to go through just as many bad crypto games as as there are non-crypto games. Well, probably not as much at first until it really catches on, and then probably similar. So yeah, I think that's uh, no doubt true. I we need, but for this to really catch on, we need the games to be good. So that that begs the question. So. I, Faz and I have talked about this at length, so Golden Hawk, I would love to hear your perspective on this because we've hit this like ad nauseum. What, in your opinion, would be a good, fun gaming style? I mean, it doesn't have to be like a specific game, but what are what are some of the things that you would find to be features of a game that would that would help make it more fun and take the take the the focus off of the money yeah you can maybe make some money but <clears throat> takes it off of that and and makes you like driven to like come home every day and play the game yeah so i was talking to people today about exactly this um related to spider tanks and i think general the most popular free-to-play games are ones that are addictive where you keep playing over and over and over so uh, just even going back to a current gala game superior uh I, I played that many many times because every time i played even if i died quickly i got experience points you use those experience points to up upgrade my abilities so i think a game where every time you play no matter how great or how badly you do at least to grind more uh, progression out of the game. I, I think that those are very addictive. Um, so for spider tanks, what I'd like to see right currently, only thing is you play, if you win, at the end of the day, at some point you get some, sort, some amount of silk that you can do something with. What I'd really like to see is that you play spider tanks, experience points, and then immediately Grind something up in which, to me, for spider tanks, I would say uh, make the abilities, you have to unlock all the abilities. Like, currently, they're all free. And I, I'd like to see it if you, you keep playing, you get experience points and unlock cannon turret, the machine gun turret, the heal drone, stuff like that. You, so that gets people back and back, keep playing, even if they're not good at the game, they can still unlock all these abilities. So, to me, uh, progress progression is basically the key for any addictive gaming. Well, I certainly think that Spider Tanks is addictive when I play it. Um and it does have a progression. Uh when I talked with Timbo Slice earlier today, uh he was mentioning how with no money whatsoever, you can go in and pilot a tank and start making money and go go on a up on a progression scale. Um so you you can earn quite a bit of silk, just renting out ancient tanks, for example. Um, so that's what I'll say there is that like if you're a free player and you're renting a tank, to me that's that's not addictive. You're like yeah, you you earn some money. So I I do I mean I play like I think it's so both. I play. I think it's both. I think not only is the game fun, but the the very fact that there's money involved is an additional motivation. I don't see it as as replacing the 
I see what you're saying. It's you can have crappy games, but even then people will get tired of them, even if they are getting paid to play it. I guess that's what I'm just saying. So I play like um, Supercell's games, Clash Royale, Clash of Clans. And they keep me coming back because and there's no money involved, obviously. But every time I play, I can see my experience points going up and my abilities going up a bit. I'm saying I would just like to see that in Spider Tanks. I agree. Um, I believe Epic Games is doing that with the game called Superior. They want to make I, it. That's what I said superior for sure. Every single time you play, you experience points and you unlock new abilities. Well, so I would like to see that in Spider Tanks. So what they were planning to do, I just wanted to make it known that Superior was going to be hosted by Gala Games, but it's also going to be hosted by Epic Games, and those those people on Epic Games that play, they'll also be playing with Gala Games superior players. And so one side will have, you know, unlocking a progression and stuff like that. And the other side will have NFTs. And I'm assuming there, there's going to be a uh, a draw to getting the NFTs. Maybe maybe it's going to take a long time to progress. But if you get the NFTs, you get it right away. Plus, you do get money. So I, I think... Both sides get progression. So yeah. you just if you have an NFT, NFT you progress faster. But both yeah. sides progress. Making money is uh is, gee if I if I could a lot of us would would love to do a specific job for free, but if we get paid for doing the most fun thing in the world, that's ten times better. I think that's gonna draw a lot of people. Um, I don't know the the whole concept is still yet to suss itself out, um, and it seems to me that there's a there's a huge incentive for degenerates to to just play the game to make money or people to make ai bots to uh to abuse the game to make money so it's it's still kind of in its in its infancy in my opinion well wait what's in its infancy the game or the the whole industry i'd say the concept of of earning while playing a game it might be that there's some games that aren't as fun if you are not making money so there's a uh I've I buy some obscure games on Steam and there's one game I forgot the name TIS something where you you basically have inherited this this weird arcane computer from from your your uncle or your grandfather or whatever and you have to figure out how to use it and you know the there it's there's it's mathematically oriented and if you if you know binary and, and computer language it's it's kind of fun but it's a very obscure game but if you start making money with that game, I guarantee there'll be a lot more people playing it. See, this is what I'm talking about, though. This is why I started this conversation, because it always comes back to the money. Why does it always have to come back well, I, to the I money? I said money would be an additional incentive. I'm, I'm not saying it would be the only incentive for, for everyone. I, mean, I don't think it always has to come back to the money. I mean, there's I've played hundreds and hundreds of hours of games for free when there was no money involved. There's jobs you can't pay me to do. Okay, there's games you can't pay me to play. <laughs> if if there if, if 55 if there are 50 different games and all of them pay, I'm going to pick some and not others. But the point is introducing payment in a game creates an economy. It creates it creates a, a uh, economy around the game that's more than just the game. You're giving more people jobs. Like I said with the stadium, you have people selling hot dogs and t-shirts and so on. They wouldn't have been able to do that without the stadium there. So if you did that with games, uh, with my earlier conversation with Timbo Slice, if you start doing that with games and making game pro players and stuff like that, 
you'll start giving people reasons to create games. It, it'll it'll be spurring the industry. I can tell you I've seen more art, more digital art now after seeing NFT art really take off than I've ever seen in my entire life before uh, NFTs came came about. I mean, you can go to Tumblr and you could you could see some art out there. You can go to deviantart.com and see some art there. But, oh my God, NFTs, there's like 10x what's out there right now. I mean, you could see all sorts of crap. Why? People like doing art and they'll do it even more if they can get paid for it. It's it's amazing how it's it's uh, it's been really hard for people to make art over the years because not a lot of people will pay for it. But now that people are, all of a sudden you got more art. Isn't that wonderful? Well, with with art comes the utility, right? So you can have a beautiful um, whatever NFT and and use it in game. But then that transforms that beautiful art into a commodity that is used to earn money or earn rewards or whatever the case may be. Art is a commodity even outside of of NFTs. Yeah, but is – again, we're back to the money. And how do you break free of that? You mean you're and back just, to the money. You don't need to break free of it. I, we're, we're talking about an additional thing that's out there. Right now, games have been made, and we're not getting paid for them, and we're enjoying the games for what they are. However, games are gamers are getting upset because they're, ha- they're buying less and less of a game. These games are harder to make now. They're buying less and less of a game, and they have to get downloadable content, pay extra for downloadable content just to enjoy the full game. And then they got to buy skins and they got to buy other buffs because they, they can't get them any other, well, they can't get them easily any other way. And so they're, they're tired of that. And maybe they're tired of paying one gaming company this kind of stuff. Maybe after, after they put $10,000 to a game, maybe they, they'd like to get it back. Wouldn't it be nice if you could actually sell your game assets after you've used them, after you're done with them? You want to get out? Here you go. I've sold my stuff. Now I'm going to go play another game for a while. Hi. Um, so dovetailing this, this NFT gaming mantra into what we've seen so far with our experience on, on the Gala Games platform, do you think that the way that that Gala has set this up is a is a model that can continue to provide what the community needs versus the model and or economy and or experience you could get with uh, the mafia setup? Well, I think the the, the mafia setup is a different setup you can still play uh spider tanks for free if you'd like if you don't want to have money in involved with your game you can simply play it without a wallet and kill people left right or kill other tanks left and right then nobody's preventing you from doing that they they've just added an economic driver which wasn't there before uh the 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 mafia is is i think doing an an excellent thing by by building onto uh what's what's rapidly apparent as as being an ecosystem 
they're 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 wanting to make uh pro players i mean it's it's one thing to have pro baseball players and pro football players and then you get pro soccer players why not have a pro pac-man player what's wrong with that you could still play pac-man you can still play it for free nobody's making you pay that money so i would think it'd be all about the money if somebody made you pay the money but you're going to find that you'll want the money if you're playing it because it's like if i'm playing the game i might as well get paid for it so titan i, I thought when you're with your question you were going to ask uh ella versus a competitor not uh mafia and well obviously uh, so, Ella can sort do it better of. than Mafia, but I, yeah, I think well, other competitors are coming out. And if Gala doesn't step up, then other competitors might do it better for sure. So there's there's everybody right now. So so let me let me throw some context into that. So I listened, of course, to the uh, to the earlier podcast with Timbo about the uh, the Mafia experience. And what was brought up in there is the Epic platform, obviously the Gala platform, and the differences between the two, and then the the further difference of what the Mafia wants to go ahead and, and implement and how they want to set that up differently. So you have these different models. You have the non-blockchain, non-earning of Epic. You have the middle, which is... You know, with the mafia, you can earn or not earn. You can play on blockchain or not play on blockchain. Then you have the 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 other side, which is the Gala Games, and that Gala Games platform has you're on blockchain and you're earning. You don't have to. You can be a pilot and just go play the game. But for the most part, it is blockchain centralized earning thing that they market. Right. So you have these different models. And and the user experience and and you're gonna ban me from the word user experience like like the Star Wars cards that I, that I nag you about. No, no, I'm but, I'm at least open to hearing. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, that hurt. So um, you you have these different user experiences, which is what's gonna shape the the mass adoption that's required for blockchain gaming and earning platforms to be able to be successful long-term. So you have these different models. Do you think that the Gala model, the way that they have it set up, is going to be a model that will, will be sustainable versus something like an Epic competitor or a Mafia competitor setup is where I was kind of going with that question. I think they have a tremendous motivation to make it sustainable, and I think that they have the money to do it. So if you have motivation and you have money, I'm sure something can be worked out. Um, if they keep creating games that aren't sustainable, that's not good for business. Uh, the, the law of business is going gonna, is, is gonna to just see you out the door. Sorry. So I think they'll figure it out. I, I would add that I think it's simply what we've actually heard many times before is the game is really fun and people like it, that the game's going to succeed. If it's not, it's not going to succeed. 
I can agree with that too. I think uh, if you had a crappy game that happened to be on the blockchain, it's not going to do very well. <laughs> I think it's it's. I think they they've even stated it multiple times that uh, Gala Games has stated that the game has to be fun. And I think if the game was not fun, they were going to make it fun. <laughs> so there's their incentive to make it a lot more fun and make it a, a lot more of a better game. But I would say the, the the stakes are a little bit higher. That like, it's obviously not easy to just make a fun game because if it was, everyone would do it because they'd make a billion dollars, right? So it's not easy to make a fun game that people if, like. If you have a lot of money, like Gala Games does, you have you certainly have the ability to make a bu a bunch of crappy games and see which one is like the best. I believe they buy games. Uh, they 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 buy development houses. So I think they. I think they're going to have some losers, and those losers aren't going to work, and they're going to have some other winners, and they're going to shift money around to put more money into the winners, just like you see movie companies. So, yeah, it's it's all part of the process. Yeah, they're going to have some really crappy games. So, we've kind of broken the, the seal, <clears throat> so to speak, on the... Uh, the gala ecosystem and we've had some drama lately with um gala games in this p network mess and we've we've had a couple of days now well well almost a week to kind of dig into what uh has transpired there what people's opinions are and uh a little bit of the data behind what happened so what is your thought golden hawk on what happened what the responses were and where we're at with that right now you know what honestly i um i don't really know um didn't have money in that so i didn't follow i mean i read all the messages but i didn't follow it like a hawk so you know i'll defer to um what Faz has to say on this. Well, you know, I have a lot to say about it. Because um, I, I knew you did. That's why I wanted Golden Hawk to go first. <laughs> well, it, I, I wasn't aware of him researching the subject. Uh, so, but I, I can give an opinion if you want to hear it. I, I think we would all love to hear your opinion. I just didn't want Golden Hawk sitting over there uh, looking around at the ceiling while you yeah. rambled out another story time opinion, so go for it Faz. okay good he, he's going to defer his opinion to me i like that um so i i lost some money not not a lot but it lost some money in that whole gallop p network thing or at least i've been issued some worthless tokens which may one day become worth something but i have a hard time believing that they will uh what i found interested interesting about that gallop p network thing uh, basically, to, to review for some people is a company called P-Network. I believe that they make bridges between different cryptocurrencies. Um, <clears throat> basically found a flaw in their 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 bridge to go from Ethereum to something else. I don't know. And I believe they, they had a password that was in the clear in a uh, password in the clear in, in some of their code. And so what they did before somebody else would take advantage of it, they wound up hacking because they could they couldn't take it down due to the nature of smart contracts. So they just hacked their own system and took the money out themselves. 
And apparently doing that, uh, you, you have to like close all the barn doors, like make sure that um, this, they, they printed themselves up a whole bunch of extra uh, uncollateralized gala. And apparently you need to go make sure that the exchanges know about it beforehand so they don't try to sell this uh, because they're, they're, they're hacking a, uh, a liquidity pool of theirs. And all these exchanges use this liquidity pool. And so they printed up a whole bunch of, of P-Network Gala and it wound up getting sold on a bunch of exchanges, which means you have a bunch of customers that bought uncollateralized stuff, which means um, now everybody's pissed at each other. Um, and I was one of them who, one of them, I bought some Gala on the BitTrue exchange. And then later I was told that that's not really Gala, that's something else due to this hack. And, uh, now I just have a bunch of worthless tokens. And, you know, my thought behind that is if P Gala was, a uh, P Network was going to do this, that they would at least be prepared for the ramifications. But I think it kind of blew up in their face. And now you have a whole bunch of people, like a lot of people out there with, with worthless tokens that will not get their money back. And they're all going to be pissed. And I, I su suspect lawsuits are going to fly. The, the very first thing I saw uh, with, with that was Gala Games mentioning that P Network did something. Uh, so the first thing I saw was Gala, Gala Games pointing to P Network. The second thing I saw was P Network giving a history of, hey, Gala Games was with us, and then Huobi just today or yesterday puts out a little history that says, yeah, whatever P-Network said, that was a lie. <laughs> whatever P-Network and Gala did, uh, they did it. So I suspect this isn't over. Um, this is this is just the beginning, just like uh, FTX. There, there's going to be more fingers pointed, more lawsuits, who knows. So with... With what we've learned so far and the, this is so hard. I did some research last night. You and I were on a call last night, Faz. We, we talk pretty much every night and I couldn't find anything that alleged the words actual partnership between P networks and Gala. Well, remember these uh, companies. I, I, these companies are are very careful about their wording. Um, yeah, and you but know, they, so they obviously I, did work together to kind of deal with this problem. P Network and Gala got on calls with each other and tried to figure out what to do, and whatever came up of that didn't work out well so well. Yeah, it, and so I I posed a question to you, and and it it brought up a conversation that we definitely wanted to have here and golden hawk i would love to hear your thoughts um as we as we kind of play this out right so at you have you you're sitting at with gala right and you're you're gala and it's this decentralized world and p network decides they're going to create a P Gala token and distribute it uh, on the Binance chain. And there's, you don't really as Gala have this, you, you can't give them permission or take permission away. They're going to be able to do whatever it is they want to do. Right. So I brought this back to the Gala side and I said, I asked Faz, I said, you know, is it 
is it right for us to question Gala by saying, even though this is a separate entity that you have no control over, nor can you stop, nor can you interfere with, is it is it a an expectation that Gala should do the due diligence on these people who are associating themselves with Gala by creating this token and this liquidity pool and is it is that ethically right to think that they should be doing something because they they never came out really and said hey don't be interacting with this with this p gala they at one point they had it up on their site i believe that this was an option on how to get into gala so does that does that suck them into that culpability? Uh, okay, so I'll I'll chime in since you asked. Um, also, I have not done much research in this at all. It does feel like that they were involved, that they had some idea what was going on. Uh, that might not be true at all. They... Well, that's that was that was the reason I mentioned that was because that was what was tweeted. Um, P Networks had tweeted a history of what happened that day, like every minute, you know, down to the minute of, of what happened when. And they basically had stated in there that they had a war room with Gala, and that they had worked together to kind of solve some of these problems, close all the barn doors before they went and hacked themselves. Yeah. So, I mean, we saw that. Uh, which that part and then initial pull feels like Gala might have been involved. Uh, we don't, I guess, we don't know 100% sure what went on. So, it, it, I mean, it does feel like Gala was involved at some level. So, yeah. is it do, do you think that do you think, and, and I'm not trying to point fingers at gala when i when i suggest these things but if you have if you have your project and they try like gala right now tries so hard to distance itself from like the secondary nft market and from other like like um the the youtubes that people make they they distance themselves from that um about uh other other people who broadcast about gala stuff they they try and make it very clear hey you know this isn't us this isn't anything that we support or that we do or or anything else they they kind of didn't do that here so do you think and and let's god it's so hard to describe let me let me take let me rip off the gala logo for a minute you're a project that you build and somebody else decides to glom onto that by by building a synthetic-ish token that is related to you and you can't stop them you can't do anything about it is it is it your responsibility to make that that 
endorsement or lack of endorsement, should Gala have taken the initiative to go to the community and say, you know, hey, this is not something that Gala is offering. This is this is something that is completely outside of us. Use it at your own risk. They did say a little bit of that, but not all the way. Uh, can I can I jump in here really quick? And first of all, I want to say that uh, before when we talked about this, you were like, "Why didn't Gala tell us sooner?" Blah blah blah. You realize that they were working with a vulnerability in there. Had they exposed the vulnerability, or at least mentioned that there was one to the people to to all the the users beforehand, then people would have started looking and might have found it, and then actually did bad things too. Right? You you, you realize that you can't really tell everybody what you're doing. Uh, when you're doing it, when you find and try to solve a vulnerability, no, no, you, no, no, that's not, that's not what I said. What I said, what I questioned, and again, I was asking questions because I didn't know what that was. But if, without, po you know, pointing out a vulnerability or anything like that, you just say, look, you come out to the community and you say, look, we've we've discovered some things that could potentially be something that could adversely affect our Gallic community. So for the time being- Wait, what? I think I need to go drop, dump all my Gala coins. Holy shit, what are they, what are they assuming <laughs> here? How come they didn't tell us? Why are they scaring the shit out of us? Because they're not telling us the whole story. Tell us what you knew and when you knew it, Gala. Tell us right now. That's what would happen. Honestly, if if here, you if here you did comes that. Faz the apologist as always. No, I'm I'm saying well, I'm saying any company. Any company is well, gonna gonna shut the fuck up until they until they know enough. Uh, Sam Bankman Fried said something similar, so yeah, that's well. well Sam Bankman Fried also admitted point. afterward that's that it was my his point. fault. So so here's <clears throat> here's what that boils down to: either you tell the community ahead of time, or you wait until you're sure that every <clears throat> avenue to that P gala, every exchange has verified with you that it's shut down. Now, I in our conversation last night, I said exactly that. You know, hey, maybe maybe Gala had said to them those very words. You know, hey, we're not going to do anything here until uh, everything is shut down. And maybe P Network went out and just did what they did. They they jumped the gun and surprised everybody. We don't know that stuff. We weren't there. We weren't privy to that. But. The the Huobi statement that, you know, hey, everybody kind of ran with this before we were ready to go seems to be the only thing that we can kind of glom onto is this is a this is the theme that kind of happened. Everybody went like forward before anybody was ready. So where that blame falls is I think who's ultimately going to be responsible for that i was trying to eke that out of you guys for conversation <laughs> purposes i okay you know oh, i see you had, you, you had, I a, had no idea at all so that's why. he had a hidden hey, agenda I, here sometimes, folks okay well, look. sometimes i'm bad at at describing this stuff i'm trying to to open up questions so we can kind of determine you know not so much where to point the finger but 
where the breakdown to the user. Okay, here, let me, let me help you out with that question. I'll phrase it in a different way. Do you think that that whole P-Network solution was kind of messy? Of course. <laughs> All right, tell me the way. See, you, you, you now have a lot to comment on. <laughs> See, we, we could have done that in one sentence. So I think it was, I think what happened is it looked to me like people found something wrong and they got scared and then they jumped the gun and did things too fast. That's what I what I think happened. That's what I said that the last time there too. It's like, oh my God, we found a vulnerability. And I believe the last time you said, well, the vulnerability had been there for 67 days or something, didn't you? Yeah, so... And so that why was, why was there such a big emergency where it had to be done right now? And so that's right. That was my initial question. And I posted that in one of the gala channels. It's like, OK, well, if this has been sitting out here forever, what was the sudden urgency where you make an announcement and an hour later, the shit's hitting the fan? Well, remember, that, there that just smelled funny to me. Well, remember, the I believe the uh, the issue was. Uh, a private key was in. Hold on. A private key was was on GitHub, and so you show a company that that at any point they could lose. I don't know how much money it was. At any point they could lose a, a ton of money um, because that private key is sitting out there. Then you start worrying about who sees this, when will they see it? Should we? Say, if they say anything, are people going to go and scrutinize that contract right away? That's what I'd be thinking. Right. Right. So, but they, that's, that's exactly my point. And I'm getting close to the mic again. I'm sorry. I'm getting passionate here. That's exactly my point. Why couldn't they shut the exchanges down in the, in the dark behind everything else, waited the extra 48 hours till they were verified. Everything was shut down. Well, yeah, that's what Huobi. That's what Huobi said in their statement. Right. Why the fuck did you? Why you? Why did you do it so quickly? Right. I think, I, I think we agree with Titan here. I think, I think we agree that like, why? Why didn't they more patient and shut stuff down slowly before they made announcements? The problem is that the announcement was made, which focused everybody's attention on that. Which I, I'm betting P Network will say, well, that's why we had to act so quick because, because they made the open their mouth. Right. Well, remember in the previous Faz Radio where we talked about this, you were kind of complaining that why didn't they tell you sooner? And here it turns out that they might have said too much, and maybe they're worried about uh, tipping some people off. Who knows? Well, they they don't have to describe what it is, and, and what I mean by telling the community sooner. We the have a problem. It could that, be millions of dollars. Um, you guys support no, us? No, they don't. <laughs> they're not going to say that. But they they could have shut everything down before they opened their mouth at all. And when I say told us sooner, initially when it came out, they said, "Oh, this exploit was there for sixty seven days," made it, making it sound like they knew about it for sixty seven days and didn't do anything. Oh, I would I would bet they didn't. I mean, and it... when. When Bitbender answered me, he clarified that. He's like, no, 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 it wasn't that. We didn't know about it for 67 days. They just told us it was there, and it apparently had been open for so 67 was this, days. So was this a question on the Gala Discord? Yeah, yeah, I put that uh, in one of the channels there. So, of course, yeah, I, I was I was nice. I'm always nice when I when I engage. But, you know, it's it's... It's that that piece there 
that really chapped me. Why wouldn't you, whether you're P Network, whether you're Gala, whether you're anybody, why wouldn't you ensure everything was locked down first before you, anybody opened their mouth about anything? Because this is a new area. Crypto is, is, is still in its infancy. And people who are doing crypto probably don't have a lot of experience. I mean, you have Sam Bankman-Fried is 30 years old. I mean, he's he had he has more money than virtually everybody in the in the world. Thirty years old, he got all this money, and and a lot of these companies just make money this quick, and they they don't have a mature outlook on things. Go ahead, Golden Hawk. I'm sorry if I've been talking over you. Oh, I was just I was just laughing. I mean, I don't know. I, obviously, Sam Bankman Fried has zero money now. Uh, actually, have I mean, I have no idea what happened with. Uh, Gala and the P network thing. So I'll let you continue. I was trying to get oh, you to talk because I, I, I was. No, I think I think Golden Hawk is being a little little bit coy here. I I think I think that that there's a lot that we've all read about this, and we're forming opinions. I I have a I have a suspicion that. For once, uh, I'm I'm not going to go the conspiracy route that that Gala screwed something up. What from all the? Yeah, I know, right? This is this is like unique. I I think they were truly kind of in the dark about this, and I think P Network was driving the bus on this. From what I've read, and I've read a bunch of different sources, it seems like P Network was driving the bus and kind of blindsided Gala with it. And I I don't want to I don't want to point fingers. There's there's a lot of research that has to be done, a lot of wallet addresses that have to be tracked down before we can make judgment on anything. But from from the initial reads so far, it sounds like I I do believe at this point that Gala was blindsided and they tried to do the right thing from the beginning. And it got out of hand due to P Network's uh, itchy trigger finger on getting this stuff. Oh, okay, so <clears throat> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. So remember, this is the decentralization that you ask for. Okay, decentralized a decentralized situation means you have P Network, which is a a company that does bridge stuff. They chose on their own. To do uh, to bridge Gala to what BSC chain or something to other chains, and <clears throat> and they messed it up. So if everybody is a decentralized network, or sorry, if everybody is a de if, if crypto is decentralized and everybody's doing things in a decentralized way, they're not really affiliated with Gala. Now I have a feeling that they probably talked with Gala at some point, like, hey, we're going to do this, and Gala's like, okay, um, you know, and I, I'm sure that. You know, the, from how we find things out, that people probably knew of a lot more than what we think they know. And just like exchanges just sort of strangely list certain coins at a certain time. And it's like, um, yeah, people actually do talk to these exchanges beforehand. Um, so I think that P Network made a mistake. It's on their timeline. We discovered this. We contacted Gala. They then con they and we contacted uh, exchanges. You know, um, as far as what happens after that, I mean, they, they got to do their deed and they, I, I feel like they were messy. They screwed up somewhere. 
Well, I, I. It's not like Gala was going to be pulling the triggers, so. No, no, they had nothing to do with that side of it. But I mean, what if they what if they talked P Network into it? I mean, did they do they have fault at that point? Is that what you're trying to say? I'm not trying to point fingers or 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 get fault. What I'm trying to say is there's there's a lot of moving parts in here and i my ultimate point is i do agree with with at least the statement that holby made in that this was handled really really shitty by everybody involved in this well remember decentralized situations are going to have a lot of moving parts so i would suggest that you expect this for stuff in the future with crypto I think well, there's but a... nothing's decentralized here. P networks is not decentralized. Gala is not decentralized. What, what do you mean by there's... that? Would be even worse. I mean, if the, if they meet, fit your your definition of central decentralized, I mean, at some point you need command and control of any situation to make things to get things solved. Uh, any problem solved. Otherwise, you're you're going to have a decentralized. You have to wait years for a decentralized um, set of smart contracts to accommodate every single situation that could possibly ever happen. And I don't think that's going to happen. Well, you're you're always going to have a maintenance team somehow, some way, with even the most decentralized network that's out there, right? So Bitcoin <clears throat> still has a team that is is maintaining that network <clears throat> all right so if if there is a <clears throat> boo-boo or a breach <clears throat> there's somebody who can poke some buttons to do something whether it's by consensus or or putting multiple keys in to be able to make a change I would and suggest it could, take, it could take a while. But... I would I would suggest actually that P network was sufficiently decentralized if they literally had to hack their own network in order to make this happen. They didn't press well, they didn't did go into they? admin mode and do it. They had to hack their network. No, they didn't have to hack their network. That's what Hobie was was focusing on and keying on. There were multiple other ways, which they even suggested in their article, that this could have been handled that that involved zero hacking whatsoever. So that that is that is what does the eyebrow raise. You know, it's like why why were these was it panic decisions? And by whom were those panic decisions made? And and when did they make them? When did they make them? Because it it that's what's going to boil down, and and it, it, what it what it really comes down to is again, users ended up paying the price for that, and even us who you know well you 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 bought into that unknowingly, but for people who just hold Gala, now the news is out and the Gala token is being affected by that. And the reputation of Gala is going to be affected by that, which will by, by an entity, subsequently by an entity that has nothing to do with Gala. That's correct, right? And and it's going to be affected. The, 
the the ecosystem and everybody associated with gala is going to be affected by that so i, I think i think you didn't catch my drift there if the gala token is sufficiently decentralized it's then, not let me finish if the gala token is sufficiently decentralized then the very fact that it was affected by a non-gala entity is proof of that decentralization if you're saying that you only want gala to affect that you've just described a security but now we have proof that a non-gala whoa, 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 thing. Whoa, 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 fast. Okay, so <laughs> save, save Titan now. Help, help him out. He's he's flailing. But I'm not sure this logic chain. Uh, I'm not sure that holds true to me. Like, um, there's many obviously things that can affect any token. Uh, that has nothing to do with gala. You know what? Go. Continue on, Faz. I will. Con I will continue forming my thought on this. Okay, I, I have go, sufficiently go scared off. him off. Do you see what I? Do you see? No, he, he's he. This guy's smart. Okay, let's guy. let's change let's yeah. change this to oil. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say. Do you see let's what say I that... have to deal with now, Golden Hawk? <laughs> of course, I, I, of course I, I, Okay, I let's say that. Let's let's say oil. Let's. Do we think that oil is decentralized, or gold, or diamonds? No, they're they're not de decentralized. Actually, they are because we don't know where in the they're... ground they are, and anybody. No, has... that's not decentralization. Oh, your definition of decentralization is there somebody producing is where gold you're going wrong? Is there here. there's somebody that creates gold? Um, now there's yeah, a difference there's between two companies. There's a there's difference. There's a difference between the there's a difference between gold being there by no person's efforts and gold being mined by individuals that but maybe one or two companies that are able to mine it gold itself is decentralized we don't know where it is in fact i i would suggest that that the, the very fact that we don't know how it's it's uh, it's made or where it's located shows that no one company owns it all we've also discovered it out in space so people could go out there theoretically too um, but you're saying, but it sounds like you're saying, well, it's not sufficiently decentralized if there's two mining companies. No, you can make a third. You can have another mining company out there. The gold is there. In fact, probably it'll probably be Elon Musk that does it because we know of lots of gold in space that we can go get, and he has the the ability to go get it. Oh my goodness. So I, I will say, Faz, honestly, I forgot what we were talking about. I'm listening to your stories, which are great. I actually don't remember what we were I'm talking just having about. a ball. Go, keep going. So, <laughs> You're the one that's going. Yeah, so it's, it's the definition of decentralized that I think all these disconnects are uh, kind of stemming from. And just because... They don't have the words corporation or LLC or something behind their name doesn't mean automatically that that's decentralized. And I, you and I have argued about this up, down, backwards, and forwards. I, I really don't think there's such a thing as a spectrum of decentralization. You're either not controlled by a centralized entity or you're not. The, the, you, you can't have a spectrum. 
if there's any centralized entity that can control that, shut it off, turn it off, suspend it, pause it, or make a decision that affects the entire network, it is not decentralized. Well, well if you want to get philosophical, <clears throat> nothing is decentralized. I mean, if you really want to think about it that way, I don't. I, I think that there's probably a happy medium that somebody has defined somewhere. So when, when you have these networks and there's a maintenance portion to it, you, you could argue successfully that, that, okay, well, there's a centralized entity that's controlling something. But that centralized entity that maintains it also has checks and balances put into it to where one person or even two people or three people can't make a change without more people understanding, buying in, and adding their keys to that as well. So one person or one company cannot make that, that effective change that's going to affect everybody on that network. That, to me, is enough to qualify as to my opinion, decentralized. Okay, so then you've now given a second reason why P-Network was de sufficiently decentralized. Oh my goodness. They couldn't... I... They, the, the, question, the question really burns down to Huobi apparently thinks that there were other ways and P-Network does not. And I think that's what's going to come out in court. Uh, because I'm well, sure but, that's going to happen because they're, they've already threatened to sue each other. Well, P networks has ha, took it upon themselves to, well, it appears to have taken it upon themselves to attack that network. And they did not need from what I've read, they did not need other keys in order to make that happen. They wrote the contract themselves and attacked the contract themselves. They didn't need consensus from anybody else in order to affect that attack. Okay, that's a good so, reason. That's a good reason. I like that. You explained that one really well. Oh, good. Finally. God, I'm getting through to you. On I, I only reward intelligent reasons. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm willing to throw you a bone. Just, just take it. Yeah. So... What it all boils down to, then, is those those aspects where where you have then in this case Gala sitting on the sidelines, while P Network you know goes cowboy. That's the story that Hobie is is basically telling. Is you know these decisions were made without us, and that just reeks of that centralization. All these. All these decentralized <clears throat> things were not happening. If if you want to call it, uh, and I'll throw you a bone, if you want to call it decentralized, nothing would have happened from any white hacker, white hat or black hat attack had Gala, P Network, and whatever third party like Huobi or any of these other exchanges would have provided separate keys to allow that to happen. 
but apparently that wasn't the case. In, in that Europa, sense, it sounds like nothing is really decentralized from, from the, the philosophy that you're it's giving. It's not. And that's one argument that we had here on FAS Radio at one point, is nothing is really decentralized right now. And that's what we want to go to. And if you want to rewind about 90 minutes ago into this conversation, I asked that very question. And where, where is that line? Is this <clears throat> with this FTX thing? And, and you could even throw the gala thing in here with this P network mess. Is this a call to action to have these, these networks built so that things like this can't happen? Golden Hawk, we've been ignoring you. I'd be happy to to say something. I, I I'm listening. You guys have okay. good uh, analysis. Okay. Uh, so you know so in other I, words, we're talking shit and gal. Uh, Golden Hawk's like, I do not want to get into this mess with these idiots. Mostly, I I actually don't know exactly what happened with P Gala. Uh, I because I was not involved. I did not have any assets at stake. I read messages, but did not pay super attention, super attention. So I'm not really actually sure what happened. So that's where I'm at. Oh my I, I goodness! I was, I was, hot stuff. <clears throat> I was, I was hoping that we could, we could sort through this, and and come up with <clears throat> a couple of ideas that could maybe be implemented or at least raise some eyebrows at companies like Gala or P Networks or maybe some of these exchanges that could help them should something like this happen in the future and come up with a a rational way that we could help talk to these these people to where hey if something like this happens here's here's a a better idea on how to handle that situation. Well, I think the or first not. thing. What? <laughs> I said, or not. Sorry, I was I had I was talking and then I realized I was muted. I, I think the the first thing that you mentioned, which having distributed keys would help, but unfortunately, if if you want. See, it would seem that the absolute decision of decentralized means that once it's in place by an entity, well, first of all, it's being created by a single entity, so it's obviously centralized at that point. And then you could say, well, that centralized entity has now released um, uh, all control over it. And when they put out a smart contract that has to be governed by, I don't know, so many people that hold keys. And then you could you could come up with a situation where, where these keys are rotated among people maybe that are elected or, or something like that. And so you can come up with a governance kind of situation, but still I wouldn't call that decentralized. I call that more of a – using your, your analysis, I'd use that – I call that more of a government methodology. You, you, you'd see governments forming around coins then. Uh, or, or maybe they call themselves DAOs. Who knows? Decentralized organizations. Uh, so it's that—that's the only thing using your your method. Uh, my thought, which which you 
gave a good reason against, which is if one actor actually has the key, then it is centralized. The question is, um, why'd they have to hack it? I mean, if, if, uh, and this is the part that I don't know. If Wobi is saying, well, P Network could have done other things, they could have just, pre you know, pressed a button or flipped a switch, uh, that would solve it. Uh, I don't know those details. It would seem that they had a reason to want to go and grab that key, thus showing you that it's centralized. They had control all along. They could have just minted anything at any point. In fact, anybody who saw that key could have minted anything at any point. So that was the weak part in what they did. I think they wanted things to be decentralized. But yeah, so I think the best thing that humans could come up with is a governance situation. That's the best that you're going to get. Unless you just remove all control altogether, in which case you can't even have a maintenance crew. So, is is this space kind of in a in a death spiral for for everything at this point? Oh, please, because nobody. Well, okay, so we keep talking about this and nobody where do you, where seems do you get a death what spiral from? What do you get a death spiral well, from? Um I'm asking a question. So <clears throat> everything like so you have this FTX, right? And it turns into oh my god, well there's like nine other entities that that have their fingers and their assets and everything tied to this. So when one fails, nine are going to fail. Yeah, that's or the that's you, the way business is done in in the world is you cannot get rich honestly unless you rope other people in. You know, if if you want to sell hot dogs and get rich off of hot dogs, you need to be it's not like you're going to be able to do that all yourself. You're going to need to to have other people. So you're going to have to hire people for your business. So so it's not you that's going to get rich, it's going to be your business that gets rich. And then after a while it becomes so big that if you start selling hot dogs a lot, maybe like Tyson Foods or something, that you need other businesses to help your business. Maybe help market your business, help find locations for you to sell your hot dogs and so on. So now if you're selling hot dogs, you have a factory that's making the hot dogs, and then you have a, a market marketing crew, and then you have places that you're sending your hot dogs. If you all of a sudden go under, everybody that you touch, you know, the marketing people, if they were if they were relying a lot on your business, they're going down. The uh, the the factory they have nobody to sell their hot dogs to they're going down. So it's even if even decentralized organizations are going to have a lot of people tied together through relationships. Uh, you you can't. It's almost like I'm not even sure what you're asking for. Everything's related. Everything's gonna be related when you have any sort of business because that's how pe rich people get rich. They they get more and more money from poor people, and they they make partnerships among each other to enable themselves to sell more and do more and do faster. Wow. Uh, uh, <clears throat> what was your original question again? I know we we go off on tangents. I should retitle. I should retitle this. Let Faz d deals a dose of, of of sad reality to the world. <laughs> you you are a sad Eeyore tonight. I, I don't know. It, it's I I I do have I I do admit I have a problem with how the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. 
And yeah, once once you figure out how to get rich, it becomes really easy to make more money because it's, you know, what's that? The first million's the hardest. Then then after that, it's it's all it's it's a lot easier. Um these people that are putting these things crypto the, the crypto market is being put together by people who want to get rich. And they have been getting rich. And the crypto market is not in a death spiral. It's going to be doing even better because people have been getting rich. Right now in this bear market, while everybody's freaking out, screaming like their heads, their their asses are on fire, all the rich people are buying all the lower cost NFTs, all the lower cost cryptos, everything else. And when it goes back okay, up... Pat, so I, I will speak up. Okay. Um, I don't know if the people are buying up the lower cost NFTs. Yes, they are, damn it. <laughs> I'm sure, like, you don't have any evidence of that. Titan can say whatever he wants. I'm not sure that's true at all. I've been put in the penalty box. I'll be quiet. <laughs> so, I wanted you to talk about. I mean, I don't so, the penalty so, box. Right. So do you see do you see how this guy operates, Golden Hawk? And you wonder why I get so, like so fired up on this. He I he, don't like, wonder at all. You. I don't wonder at all. <laughs> um, we're, we're, wonder. we're doing a radio program. Um, I'm not about to start showing websites. There is evidence out there uh, that's that's you know. Wait a minute. You you do you do lots of looking up of evidence on online. Golden Hawk, you do a lot of, do, of yes, yes. looking around on blockchain. I'm sure you see massive amounts of money going from rich actors to non-rich actors all the time. That must uh, be that must be because they're all corrupt, I'm not, I'm right? I'm not sure what you mean by that. Well, that, that must be okay. Well, the very fact that it exists, I mean, that does that mean that they're just corrupt, or they maybe they're just doing typical business? I would think that they might be doing typical business, and that some might be corrupt. Not sure. I mean, not sure what you're you're saying, but maybe, yeah. The the very concept that you can quote sweep the floor of of an NFT project shows me that there are, that there are whales that come in and buy a whole bunch of low cost NFTs. It happens a lot. It's happened with certain projects. In fact, if some projects, if if things get too low, you'll start seeing some floor sweeping. Hell, I do it myself on some projects that got that got low enough. So for sure, we've seen benefactors say he's going to sweep the floor on stuff. Oh yeah, and Gala, Gala benefactor being the, the the CEO of Gala, so he said himself that he wants to sweep the floor on something, ostensibly because he wants to have it all. Well, why would he be having it all? Just because he wants to play games with it? Probably not. Maybe, maybe. Maybe I, he's got ten thousand I mean, friends knows. when he sweeps the floor. <clears throat> maybe he's going to burn them so, all. We're we're kind of losing Golden Hawk here because you and I are arguing as usual. <clears throat> we 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 talked last night and there was there was a great conversation that we started, and I actually wrote this in my notepad here so we could bring it up. Let's let's hit one more thing before we wrap up because we're going on like two hours now. Um, <clears throat> we we had. Bitbender pop into CFA last night. It's been a while since he came in. And he was uh, talking with the community a little bit. And uh, everybody was like aghast because I was throwing out these like really big questions. And 
Bitbender did a wonderful job answering those in the politically correct yet wonderful way that he does. And you and I talked after uh, he he had popped in, and the conversation revolved around uh, making sure with this P network debacle that you know let's define or or maybe shape a little bit about what what would make the community feel like Gala's getting this right? And is Gala doing the right thing in how they're approaching this? So with, with the approach that we've seen so far, Golden Hawk, before Faz goes off on his, on his story, do you think that, that, that Gala is looking at this right, seeing it right, and taking the right actions? Um, I think Gala is so, so far. I know that's a tough question. No so pressure. They're not going to judge saying. you on that. They're not going to judge you at all. I think Gala is doing what they need to do to raise revenue, make the company viable. But it's mostly, I think, what's going on. I'll just end it at that, I guess. Good answer. Good answer. No whammies. All right. All right, Faz. Uh, let 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 us have your wonderful opinion on where you feel they've done well, not so well, if they're handling this this right. Well, I think I agree with Golden Hawk. I think that they're doing what they need to do to get their business going, and they're making some unpopular decisions and some popular decisions. Um. I don't think that I can, I can, I don't think I have a list of grievances and, and rewards and, and, and positive things to say. I think they've done some things I didn't like, and I think they've done some things I do like. Uh, I think it's kind of like, I'm just leaving it up to them to figure out their own problem. I don't work there. Uh, I do have some gala NFTs. I certainly hope things go better, but I don't feel like I need to bitch and complain as much as I've seen out there where people are like really demanding that Gala do this or Gala do that. I don't know what it's like to run a billion dollar company. So I'm kind of hoping that they that they put out the games for the NFTs that I bought. That's what it really I'm hoping. If if they do, then I'm going to have some some fun on these games. If not, well, I guess I'll go somewhere else. So I think they're doing what they can do. Faz, I think you need to put your hat into the political ring because you're answering every side of this in, in your responses. Yay, that's I, I really like efficiency in, in when people talk and the fact that I did that in so few words, that's that's pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> no, I get torn apart by anybody political because they would just shame me for something. I, I probably I probably would would say things the wrong way and, and and I'd be shamed for it. So as we as we go forward with this, uh, and we continue to engage in not only Gala but all the other ecosystems, uh, Golden Hawk really hasn't talked about a lot of specific projects that that he likes. 
but I know uh, Faz Stronghold is is big for you. And uh, <clears throat> for me, I've been a, a fan of AMP for a very long time. And these spaces have one thing in common in that they're continuing to build. Uh, even though the crypto winter is upon us, they're building, they're doing new things. They're conducting business as usual, although maybe not getting exactly the results they want to get. Do you think that as they as they build and as they as they take things to that next level, that these projects are are ones that can survive through this this winter? I'll say to start off with. Um, I honestly have no idea. I've uh, I've identified the things that I think better changes could improve upon. Uh, I game media I think looks like rock stars in general. So I'm hoping they will improve upon those things. But beyond that, no idea. My turn. Absolutely. Turn. Um. So. I've been a software developer for quite a while, and I see Spider Tanks out right now as version 1.0. Um, they just started, like a few weeks, a couple weeks ago, and I think there's going to be a lot of tweaking of how they do things based upon what their players do. I think any economy-based game is going to need some sort of active management in the beginning to make sure it's balanced correctly. I think it might have been better to to call you know to call it a beta or or you know a tuning phase or something, but the version 1.0 of applications seem to be thought of as betas in the in the in the gaming world. It's not till 1.1 comes out that you know that everything's been stabilized. Um, so I think expect some changes with spider tanks. I expect some improvement with it. I think that if if they are going to be making money and using that as as their business model, then they will want to actively improve it. I am kind of curious about what happens to these games that have that are supported by nodes uh, when they burn out. Will they burn out? I mean, do are these games on automatic at certain point at a certain point, or does must a company always maintain them, um, or will it be that they'll work only if somebody comes in? And maintains them. So that, what do you what do you mean by nodes? I so the the games. point the point behind uh, Gala Games is to run games on the nodes themselves. Uh, the the game nodes like Town Star is designed to be run on the Town Star nodes, and Spider Tanks be designed to be run on the town the, the Spider Tanks nodes. Um, without the nodes, the game wouldn't be there. So I don't think Spider Tanks is running on game nodes. Well, I, I think they said somewhere that's running on Amazon services. Right. Currently. Sure. Um, so what what I'm saying is once they get it going to where it's supposed to be, which is running on these nodes all the time, I'm curious to see how that susses out. Can you with one node keep Spider Tanks going? Well, there since there's so many since there's like a thousand or two thousand spider tank nodes out there already, will they always be running? You know, that's that's yeah. If if they ever get to the point where they could sell nodes somehow, 
I bet that some rich corporation is going to buy them all up and then start uh, making things available when they want to make them available. Just like, gotcha. you know, a company might buy up a competitor and then they quietly put them put them out of business. They're like, oh, you, your property is a lot like ours. We're just going to buy your property and then we're going to quietly sunset your application and then ours will take on some features of yours. So I could okay. see that okay. kind that kind of shenanigans going on in the crypto world. So I'm I I'm I'm interested in seeing how decentralized they that they can actually get things. And I'm wondering how, how yeah, how how much the, the rich people will let that happen. You've mentioned rich people a lot tonight. <laughs> I, I've been I'm, picking this in my head a lot. I'm biased against them, man. This actually says rich people are uh, really, really, really a lot. If you, if you listen, I'm actually if wondering you, who these rich people are. Um, not me. <laughs> um, there's <laughs> so I, I've I've pretty much made it a mantra in past Faz radios that you know rich people control a lot more than you think. They're they're the ones that 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 run the world in in a very real sense. Um, you know, we we you could also call them the one percent. They're, they're they're the people with with all the resources and all the money, and everybody else does not. The whole point of crypto of Bitcoin was to remove things from that control. So, if that seems strange to you, I'm not sure why you're in crypto. I mean, the whole concept of having something as decentralized, even if it is a, a, a philosophical possibility according to Titan, means that you're kind of against the rich people here. Unless you just want to do what a lot of DGENs do is and just get rich on crypto, in which case you're you're just getting what you can get. And I have a certain amount of DGEN in me too. I've I've certainly bought uh, cryptos and, and and NFTs for the for the intent of profiting on them. It's called speculation, and that's okay. That's legal. So, if if if. Uh, I'm trying to articulate this so I don't have to. I, I've like, totally flummoxed ten you. minutes. No, I I don't want to make a big long diatribe about this, but even let's say X Y Z entity goes um, decentralized, right? And you have this power that you mentioned early, like Sailor and um, a lot of these big giant horribly big entities of rich people could a decentralized system or ecosystem or network be considered centralized just because of those rich people i'm letting letting golden hawk get his two cents in before i say anything every time uh, you know what? Uh, on this one, go ahead. Can you repeat the question? <laughs> yeah. So, so can can decentralization be broken by rich people who put too much of their oomph behind whatever project they throw their money at? Oh yeah. They, if they if they are able to control all aspects of a decentralized system, then well, yeah. And I would suggest that that would be their intention. 
I mean, is isn't that, that the is goal that, of, of capitalism is a monopoly? Monopoly? Well, yeah, but but is that is that something where you can achieve true decentralization in because there's these these big whales in every system that can take that power away from anybody else who decides to enter it? That's a good question. I'd be I'd be very curious about how a system could be designed to keep things decentralized. And if it was, would people even want it? Because remember, rich people, as, as part of their reasoning for taking control, is they say, you know, if we controlled it, we would be able to make it better. And then they would show you examples. Well, see, we can pay somebody to, to improve this and so on. And it's pretty much easier. Remember, dictatorships are far more efficient than than democracies or even decentralized situations. Decentralized situations happen, uh, you, they grow organically. But if you're if you're one guy in charge, you can make things happen fast. So uh, yeah, I think it's a very real risk. And what interested me in crypto in general was the fact that say, if all the Bitcoins got controlled, somebody can just create a new coin and start the process over again. I figured that there would, be, there would be a constant ebb and flow, but I think it's going to take many, many years before I can get the real answer to that question. Is that even possible? I don't know, but I can tell you that the rich people are actively going to try and control any bit of money that's out there. Okay, so guys, so, so before we log off, I actually, is, is there anything you guys want to change about spider tanks? Uh, because that's actually the biggest power we have. Do we have an ability to change it? Oh, if anyone listens to us. Oh, okay, okay. Hopefully, I rather, I rather like the game. Um, I I see that they have a basic situation set up where you can play for free and you can earn. As far as how quickly you can earn and stuff, I don't know. I don't think I know enough about it to suggest how to change their algorithm as to how quickly you can learn. But it's basically just a shooter game. I, I see it as one yeah. of many different types of games that will be out there. I think that as their numbers, as, as their popularity declines, that may spur them to change things. But again... So, uh, yeah. ideally, obviously, we don't want them to be spurred by the popularity declining. We want them to do it emptively. Maybe, yeah, I guess. Well, uh, not maybe, but definitely, definitely, definitely. Well, the the I know that there's some plans uh, to, I mean, to, to build esports on top of that. I mean, Eric Shiremeyer had a had a spider tanks tournament in South Korea last year, where they they had people competing against each other on a big stage, and wasn't that really cool? Uh, so I I think that they have a lot of plans for spider tanks. I think that this is only the beginning. Um, if I was running the spider tanks program on these nodes, if I was the, the people in charge, I mean, I'd be interested in, in tweaking it based upon feedback from the community and from, from the game running. I, I don't really have any suggestions after that. I, I don't, I don't think spider tanks is broken. If that's what you're asking. Uh, I'm not asking if it's broken. But... So, so in that case, I, I don't, I don't know enough about what to fix. I don't have as much of a bit gotcha. problem with it to suggest they've got to stop doing this. I feel that the economy has to run for a while before we could find out if it works or not. 
And I hope to God that they've run enough simulations on this economy so that it doesn't wind up in what what happened to Townstar. So, you know, Fast, let's go, go in just a little bit before we uh, log off, is that I've looked, I own a couple maps. Looks like the points are going down every day. So it looks like the daily average users are going down every day a little bit. Uh, what do you think? So, okay, about that, uh, they did they did sh show everybody a chart before Spider Tanks came out, and they said in the beginning a lot of a lot more silk is going to be minted, and a lot more points are going to be gained in the beginning. But as time goes on, it's going to get less and less. Um, the reasoning given for that is we need to get silk out there for liquidity purposes. That's not bad reasoning. You need to, if, if you're going to invent a money, you need to start distributing it among people. Um, what happened in Roman times actually is when, when they had liquidity crunches, the emperors would just tell people to take some money out of the treasury and just start giving it away to people just so that they can have money flowing around. Uh, so that's, they, they're doing that with silk as well. Um, Beyond that, I go ahead. I was going to say, I think daily average users have gone down from what I can tell from my. Okay, so dad. if daily average users go down, then what is left that is to be awarded will then go to the remaining people that are there. So if there are five users by the end of it, those five users are going to be splitting up the, the rewards and they're going to be getting more money. So it's there's there's going to be a balance point, and I don't know where that is, of users. Now, this is before advertisement. Uh, Gala Games has has stated that they're going to be doing a lot more advertisement on Spider Tanks very soon. So if they get, if Spy, Spider Tanks goes mainstream, which it is not, I mean, we, we happen to live in an echo You're chamber. You're correct, yeah, that's correct. So not if it goes mainstream and becomes something like akin to like Fortnite or something, oh my fucking God, I don't even know. I mean, it, it could be the... I don't know the the algorithm, but I would assume that the more people that play, the, the they've they've designed it to scale to that. And as the users left or were added, the amounts would go down and up as far as what's rewarded. Because the less users you have, you're incentivizing people by giving them more money. And so they could say, "Wow, back in March when it was doing terrible, we got like a thousand points per match. Now that there's a million users, we get two points per match." Oh look, now now it's now it's November and we're getting 50 points per match. So that's that means that there's less users. Well, at least I'm getting more money. So it's it it'll always that's the whole point behind economic levers is to encourage people. The the United States Federal Reserve does this all the time. They raise in lower interest rates. Why? Because they see they see that uh, there's not enough jobs or there's not there's too many people taking taking out loans. There's not enough people taking out loans. And so they raise or lower the interest rate as appropriate. Every game is going to have a, a Federal Reserve, as it were, to balance out the economy. The, the challenge uh, I see is, can that actually happen automatically? Or can, can you have an AI do it? That, that would be really interesting to see. That's what I hope for, and I think that that's a goal of, of Gala Games. However, I bet it's a distant goal. a goal we're hoping for was that a good political uh, answer type did i hit it from all angles yeah 
Yeah, you know, I've been I've been peppering y'all with questions all night here. I'm glad you asked that, Golden Hawk. You go, man. You you bring it out. And <clears throat> you know, it's because he's all... drinking. The more the more this night goes on, he drinks more and more. And so he's like, "What's my name again?" Oh yeah, okay. That's why I win all the well... arguments on Faz Radio. Anyway, <laughs> you guys talk a long time. There's some stuff I have no opinion on at all. Some stuff I have an opinion. So when I have an opinion, I uh, pipe up. We we well, very much I'll... appreciate your opinion, though. Yeah, I mean, some of these conversations uh, that we've had, Golden Hawk, are epically awesome, uh, both in public and in private. It you you are a true gem in this space. Um. Faz, you know, as much crap as I give you, you make sense a lot of the time. Sometimes you lose, like, you go off on this stuff and, and we don't understand it. But it, the, this space needs people like both of you who can guide everybody through the mess and make sense of all of the the crazy things that we have to deal with, right? This is such a simple concept, right? Like spider tanks. You go in, you play a game, and you make some money. How 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 difficult does that have to be in the end? I I keep pushing for simplicity and and the ability to just enjoy this space. I think you're gonna see. This is why I'm so amped up on the GameFi arena is I think you're going to see a million different ways that people can make money with games if GameFi takes off, if it doesn't become a fad. Um, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity to build upon games, and that alone might cause some games to be developed far more than they would normally have had, had been in the the current world. Like that that TIS that crazy mathematical TIS game that I play on Steam, um, there probably won't be a sequel to that game unless it's a labor of love. Uh, however, you could make money with that game. You're gonna have some find. You're gonna have some people that wind up thinking, you know, this ain't actually so bad. And really, it's the economic model that's that's got to work there. It, you have to have a good game and a good economic model. You can have the best game in the world, but if it's a crappy economic model, then uh, it's not going to work in GameFi. Then it'll just have to go back to the the non-earning regular game space. Okay, that's fine. I think we're kind of tapped out here. All right. Well, I I've talked to you guys to death. Thank you very much, uh, Crypto uh, Golden Hawk. Dang it. Yeah, thank you guys. It's getting late. Who who's drinking? That. You don't even know. I'm who not our drinking. Guest is hey, I get high. Sake. I make my drugs up here in my head with without <laughs> any help whatsoever, naturally. So this yes. was a good time, and I think, I think that that we've we've hammered these subjects pretty hard. I've lectured I you enough. The the people listening have learned something tonight. And I look forward to continuing these conversations in CFA. All right. That's great to me. Thank Fun you again. For me also. Yep. Thank you again, guys. I'm going to put on this outro now. Bye-bye. <laughs>